So you're faced with a problem. How do you solve that problem? We're going to talk about the, probably one of the most effective ways of solving your problems that you can actually be doing today. We're going to talk about that this week on episode 181 of The Relaxed Mail. This is The Relaxed Mail, a show that comes to you each week helping men to remove the nice guy from their life so they can actually live their life on their terms. Join the host, certified coach, Brian Goodwin, as he helps men step out of their heads and become free from the thoughts that bind them. Hey, man, hello, and welcome to The Relaxed Mail. I am your host, Brian, and I want to thank you very much for taking the time out of your very busy day to stop and listen and to see how you can improve your life each and every day. It's what we're doing here at Relaxed Mail. We're helping men become better men by understanding their thoughts create their results. And that is a lot of where we're going to be talking about today on how to solve problems. But before we jump into that, I wanted to just say, guys, if you're new to the show, thank you for coming in. We're growing. And every day, every time I look at the, uh, look at the stats and stuff, I'm seeing we're getting a little bit more and a little bit more. We're drawing more men in. And so that's an amazing thing. So if you're, while listening to this, if you decide that you like the show, then please go ahead and hit the subscribe or follow, depending on whichever podcast app you're on. And these will get downloaded to your, to your phone or, or tablet or whatever it is you're using each and every week. So I don't want to stand around and, and waste your time too much. So we're going to jump in here. We're going to talk about how to solve your problems. A lot of us, when we have problems, we just completely just a lot of us fall apart. A lot of us will get angry. A lot of us will get frustrated. And this is actually episode is actually based on a friend of mine who I talk to on a really on a very regular basis, once a week, at least sometimes twice. And he had a problem where he had just spent a good chunk of change getting his wife's car fixed and he gets it fixed and he brings it, uh, gets it home and then he goes to hop in his car and the very next day, boom, wouldn't you know it? All of a sudden his car wouldn't work. And he, when I called him, he was just, you could hear it in his voice. He was just, just going, dude, really? Oh my God. You know, you could hear the frustration that was, and the pressure that was building in inside, you could hear it through in his voice. You could hear just, I could almost hear his, his knuckles creaking and cracking as he was just, you know, wanting to ball up his fists. And I get that there is a big issue with, you know, frustration and how we solve for that frustration because frustration is a, is an emotion that all people feel. But when, and we want to feel it the most when things aren't going the way we believe they need to go. And this got me to thinking, it's like, well, how do you solve a problem? How, I mean, any problem at all. You can, how, how do we solve the problem that uh, my friend had? Well, we, we talked it through and he went and he sat down and he actually just took some time, breathed a little, went over there, looked at it. And he said, Oh, it, it's, a, it's a stupid, easy fix. And he was able to fix it. But at the same time, he was just like, Christ almighty. And you can't get it. You can't get, uh, insurance to pay for a, you know, a tow back to your house where you could work on it. You know, they want to, you want to pay for a tow back to, you know, a, 
back to a repair shop. A lot of times insurance won't pay for a tow to your house. So you are when you get into a problem, any type of problem, you're going to wind up finding yourself surrounded by all these different thoughts. My friend, he had thoughts of, oh crap, what now? What else could go wrong? Why can't, why can't, uh, and these are all, these are questions, but you could actually break them down into actual thoughts. The insurance, you know, tow trucks won't just, you know, insurance won't pay for tow trucks to, to your house. It's all these, all these things, all these thoughts that just start pile, dogpiling upon you over and over and over. And with those, all those thoughts that come on, because they're all different thoughts about that create all these different emotions all at once, that's where we get the feeling of overwhelm, frustration, and all that. And the problem that we actually have with our problems, if, if, if you follow me, if we go down another level in the, uh, in the inception pyramid there, is that our thoughts are actually what's causing the problem. The problem that we're actually having isn't whatever we want to believe is the problem. That's not the issue. That's not the problem at hand. The problem at hand is that our thoughts that we have about a certain circumstance is actually causing the problem to become bigger. We start comparing ourselves with... uh with those people around us, like for me, it is so easy to look at other coaches out there who have become a lot more successful. And I, even coaches who I know that a bit were in the same class that I was in, a couple of them have got clients now. And I'm like, on oh, Jim and E, you know, they've got more clients than I do. They've got, they're, they're starting to take off. And I'm sitting here, you know, I almost feel like I'm just standing around, just, you know, pulling my pud and not making any headway. But I know I'm making headway at the same time, and that that can be seen as a problem. And we want the problem to be something horrible, terrible, awful, no good. And it's just that's not actually the case. Ninety nine percent of the time, we want the problem to be bad. When in all reality, it might actually be a really good thing to have. And many times we get mad at problems because we're thinking unintentionally. We're not approaching stuff with an intentional mindset. We're not approaching what the, what the problem is. We're just letting our brain just run with it and come up with every thought that it possibly wants to have, whether it serves us or it doesn't serve us, whether it's doing us any good or not. And because of that, that's where we start getting all the anxiety and the, and the, the frustration and the anger and the, and, and and stomping around and we start acting like a bunch of assholes is because we're letting our mind just run instead of grabbing a hold of the reins, telling them, telling their mind, calm it down, slow up. And this stops us. This stops us from being able to make any type of progress because when our mind is just running rampant and running just crazy. Yeah. We're not going to get anywhere. Because we're too busy sitting back, worrying about whatever our problem happens to be, instead of actually taking steps and going and making and taking action, like men do. Men, we take action, and if we don't take action, <laughs> we're we're just sitting there. We're sitting around with our thumbs up our butt, wondering what uh, you know. Why does this have to happen to me? 
Well, first off, it's not about you, dude. It's not, it's nothing personal. It's just life being life. We have a 50 50 life. Half of it's going to be pain. Half of it's going to be pleasure. And we're just going to have to build a bridge and get over it. The other issue is, is that a lot of times we have problems with problems. Like my friend here, he just got his wife's car out of the freaking uh, uh, mechanic and spent a good chunk of change to get that problem fixed only to turn right around and to <laughs> have his car break down. And first thing he thinks is, Oh crap. How many, how much more money is this going to take? How am I going to pay this? How, you know, these, all these questions, all these thoughts, they just come snowballing in. But the issue is, is that we, what really gets us excited about those types of the issues is that we're thinking that once we solve the problem, like we get our wife's car fixed, that no other problems are going to come along, at least for a little bit, and we're going to be able to breathe. And that's not the case nine times out of ten. A lot of times you solve a problem, you're opening the door for a different problem to come in to you. So our life is always dealing with a problem. What's the best way to get to the house, get from the house to work? That's actually a problem. But we don't perceive it as being a bad problem because we do it every day. It's something that we're used to doing time, day in, day out. How do we get to church? Well, what's the best route to get to church? Well, da, da, da. what ends up causing us problems is when all of a sudden there's construction on our normal route. And we're like, oh, great. Now I've got to come up with a new solution to this problem because now my my old solution to the problem doesn't exist, isn't feasible anymore. And that's where we start going, oh, golly, man, okay. And why is there so much trap? Oh, we're in construction, son of a. And so those problems that we think we fixed and we're now have solved for, we think we, or we want to think that we never will have to actually work on that particular problem ever again. And as you can tell, it doesn't happen. It's not like that. It, we, our life is going to be half of it's going to be pain. And a lot of times those problems are, Part of the uh, the fifty percent pain. Other times we actually have problems that are fifty percent the pleasure. How do we get the clothes our clothes our our wife out of her clothes? That's a good problem to have, isn't it? You know, how do we get to, how do we talk our wife to take the shirt off? Okay, now how do we talk her into getting? You know, we have these problems and we approach each one of them. And if you're like most guys, we find out that no, no, she's going to shoot us down with, with the headache or the, uh, or the too cold or the too hot or the too humid or the, the bed's not sitting in the right position or, you know, whatever other issue she keeps, she wants to throw another problem in our, in our way. And so depending on how we, how often we want to fight to jump over those hurdles, which are problems, we're going to keep we're going to, we eventually we get to have, you know, our wife naked and we get to be naked and we get to do naked stuff together. This stuff, this type of stuff is, is a problem, but it's, like I said, we view it as a good problem. Everything we face is a good problem. I'm thirsty. Well, what are you going to do about it? And that's the first part of how you solve your problems. You really need to sit down and actually define what the problem is. Distill that thing all the way down. First off, you want to set aside, hey, is it a good problem or a bad problem? Why am I viewing it as bad? And this is where the model comes into play and works 
beautifully because we're actually able to see what our thoughts actually are. What's the circumstance? Ah, the car broke down. Okay. And our thought about that particular, the car not working. Well, the car, the thought is, I just, I just fixed my wife's car and now my car is not working. You know, this is, and we can look at that and we can do a thought download. And I would recommend that. Do a thought download, write down what the circumstance is at the top of the, of a page and then just start listing out all the thoughts you have about whatever that circumstance is. My wife's car is broke down. All right. What do I think? Well, I just got it out of the, and just write everything down. I just got it fixed. We just, you know, we don't have the money for it. We just, we're, we're trying to save up for a, for a house. We're, we've got a kid on the way. We've got, you know, this, I just got to start a new job. I haven't gotten paid in the new job yet. I, this, that, these, those, we've got the house payment to do. Ritz do everything we can come up with on about whatever that particular problem is, write it all down, fill up a a sheet of paper, fill up both sides of the paper, fill up five sheets of paper, both front and back. If that's what you need to do, get those thoughts out. And then you can actually start taking one of the pigs and one of the thoughts and you can write a model out on it. Wife's car broke down. I've got, I just got, got paid or I just got a new job and I haven't gotten paid yet. All right. Well, what are you feeling on that? I'm feeling, <laughs> I'm feeling scarcity right now. I'm feeling fear. Um, I'm feeling broke. I'm feeling, you know, and you can write down all the emotions and then choose one of the emotions and stick it in, stick that into the feeling line. When I feel that, what am I doing? Well, I find myself t- turning to uh, grabbing a, a six pack of, of beer. And I drink all that. Well, the results are going to be you're broke. You're not going to have the money for the car because you decided you needed something a little more, a little more heftier in your, in your life. Something to numb out the feeling of, of fear of, of scarcity or whatever. But you can actually start seeing all the thoughts that you have. I'm out that. And you can actually start looking at, first off, you can actually change your thoughts <laughs> if you want to. And that's what the great thing about our life and our beautiful, amazing brains is that we can see something and change our thoughts. I know a lot of people want to go, well, no, you can't just simply change your thoughts. Well, actually, you can change your thoughts. It just really depends how married to that thought are you. So defining the problem, is that problem a good thing? Is it a bad thing? And one of the benefits of defining a problem is that you're taking control of that problem. You can actually see, well, my, my, my kid was in town and he didn't come by to see me. Is that really a problem? Is that something I want to, is that a, as I like to tell the kids from time to time when they're fighting against something that is really questionable on their, on their, the priority list is like, is that really a hill you want to die on? Because if it's, if it is, all right, knock yourself out. But if it's not, then why are you wasting so much energy on it? Pick, it's a matter of picking your battles. You can actually look at, you can actually even look at your car breaking down as a good thing. Now, how? I don't know. I'd have to sit here and think about it for a little bit. I'd really have to process if my car broke down, how that could be a good thing. But you can come up with a positive angle on the, 
on the problem. Defining what your problem is so that you are actually taking control of the problem. They are, these problems become, are, are, or these problems are viewed on your terms. Then I would actually ask, see, have you asked these, yourself these particular questions? How do you want to see the problem? If you're, especially if you're running into a problem of seeing a pro, an issue in better light, how do you see the problem right now? Are you seeing it in uh, negatively? Are you seeing it as, as nothing but trouble? Are you seeing it as, as opportunity for you to become a better person? Are you seeing it as a, as a, uh, as a means to improve yourself? Because if you're not, then that gives you actually the next question. How do you want to see the problem? Well, I'm seeing it as a terrible thing. I'm seeing this as financial ruin. What I want to see it as, as is a means of, I want to see it as, as a good thing. All right. Well, maybe this is your opportunity to learn how to do mechanic, mechanicing stuff. You know, you could be your own mechanic and save yourself a crap ton of money. And this is how this might be your opportunity, but it's not when I wanted to do it. Well, you don't get to choose when your car breaks down. Remember, you only can control two things, your thoughts and your actions. Your thoughts can be positive or your thoughts can be negative. You can have a good time at it. You can have a crappy time at it. These are your two options. When you come across the same problem again and again and again, this you might actually even ask, is this how I have been looking at the problem the whole time? And how do I actually want to look at the problem? Which is just a little bit of a tweak as to the previous two questions. But this puts you in the driver's seat. This allows you to take control of the of the steering wheel and decide, how do I actually want to look at the problem? How do I really want to show up for this issue? Because what you actually start realizing as you process these emotions, you see that that a lot of 90% of the time, that problem that we're seeing, that inconvenience, and what we're actually talking about problem is we're actually talking about something that's just an inconvenience is taking us out of where we want to be at the moment and puts us into a different scenario. So what is the actual problem? This allows you to actually start looking. Is that problem really the problem that you perceive it to be? Because 90% of the time, when we're wigging out on something, it is because we have taken our mind and we've thrown it into automatic mode. We have let our amygdala, our little emotion-centered part of the brain, just go stupid. Oh, my gosh, this is this, this, and this, 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 this. And it's... Get, tricks the uh, the prefrontal cortex into just running right along with it and coming up with more excuses as to why this is actually a big problem. And this is where, without the intentional thoughts that we need to be having, we let our mind go go to work on finding ways to buffer from doing whatever it is we're doing. Oh my gosh, my this car thing is just driving me up. To, I've I've got to have a drink. I've got to you know it'll convince you. I, you need to have a drink. You need to have a. a, a a toot off this bong, you know, whatever it is, you, you know, I, I need to go watch some porn. I need to, whatever the, the quote unquote addiction that you think you have, especially if you're suffering, you're, you're fighting that whole line of thinking, you're going to find yourself go to one of those, whatever your go-to uh, solution, because you're not really 
addressing it with uh, the thinking part of your brain. You're addressing it with the emotional part of the brain. That's why smokers find themselves wigging out so much because they don't have a cigarette because their brain wants that cigarette. That, they want that smoke. You got to have a, oh, you can't survive. Cause when I, I try, quit the second time, I found it really fascinating on the thoughts that I would come up with when I was trying to quit. Why I couldn't quit. Oh, well, you've got, and my wife is coming up with all the same questions and or comments to herself too. Well, we've got, I'm fixing out to have, be, uh, be doing stuff with, uh, with some, uh, some family members that really just irritate me. So I'm going, I can't, I, 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 not right now. I'm going to have to hold off until after I get this one thing done. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm easing myself up. They're trying to talk themselves out of it. They're not really quitting, but when a, when a smoker tries to reason with quitting without actually taking the steps, oh, I'm easing up. I'm not smoking as much. <laughs> You're still smoking. Oh, I'm easing up. I, I don't drink as much as I was. But you're still drinking. I don't get stoned as much as I, I as I did, but you're still getting stoned because your brain is running the the show, the emotional part, the lizard part of your brain is running the show, not the thinking human part of your brain. So what is the problem actually? That it depends on you. You have to sit down and you have to start looking at it and stopping your brain from trying to buffer and avoiding what the problem is at the moment. This is where the mental spin, confusion, and feeling helpless comes into play when you're letting unintentional thoughts have the have the playground. So once you define what the actual problem is, you can actually start looking at why do you think that's a problem. Now, so far, you're like going, dude, how are we solving a problem? We're not even at the problem yet. But we are actually. We're looking at our reaction to what the problem is. That's the big problem about a problem is we start is how we feel about that particular problem. My wife said no to me when I wanted her to get naked last night. Well, damn it. That's that's, that's the Second month that we've not had any sex. What, you know, this is getting to be a huge problem. Is it really? Or is it that your wife has got other issues that are going on in her world? Her mind is going off on other thoughts. And so, no, she doesn't, she's not able to stop and, and, and take care of your particular needs. That doesn't mean you need to be going off looking at porn and, and flogging the dolphin. Actually, I would recommend you keep uh, keep that particular pent-up energy pent up inside the marble bag as it is and use that energy to find a way to woo your wife into being, okay, Let's. how do I make you more comfortable? How do I make you feel safer? How do I help her to have the thoughts that she is safe? I'm starting to, I was starting to go real fast and sorry, I had to slow myself down just a little bit, but you can actually, when you start ask why this is a problem, you're breaking your problem down to the very core of the issue. And that core issue isn't that the car broke down. You're breaking that down to the point to where you're going. I feel like I'm running on empty in the bank account department. That's where you have the power. How do I get more money? And I've been I've been having a huge old argument with uh <laughs> with a bunch of folks over on 
a couple of Facebook pages because they are people who are in perpetual scarcity mindset. They're talking, you know, talking about how, you know, the poor are, are poor because the rich come along and take all the money. And no, no, the poor is poor because the poor doesn't want to step out of the, their comfort zone and grow while the rich are doing what they can to grow. The poor stays poor because they want to be poor. And a lot of folks don't like that line of thinking. I agree with Ben Franklin that the best way to love the poor is to make poverty as uncomfortable as possible. So how do you fix, you know, what's the problem with the poor? It depends on what you're, what you define as poor for one or what, what is the, why is being poor a problem? 90% 90% of the time it's because people want the times people complain about being poor is because they want more money without having to actually earn more money. But when you break your problems down and you actually start looking at the very, the, the issues, you can actually then start processing your thoughts on the real problem. And that way you can actually come to look at the thoughts that you're having about your problem, about that circumstance and have clean pain with it. Now, what, 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 what's, what's clean pain? Uh, well, there's clean pain and there's dirty pain. Clean pain is something that just, it just, it sucks a bit. It's not a good feeling, but you're okay with that particular feeling. It's like ner- being nervous. You're fixing to step out on the, on the stage. You accept that you're going to be nervous. All right. A lot of people, they resist feeling nervous. So they sit there and they drink, they, they'll be drinking, uh, alcohol, taking shots and stuff. So that when they get up on the stage, they're slobber and drunk. But again, they also have washed the nervousness to the back of their mind. They'll have to face it again next time they try to try to go on stage. But at that moment, they don't have to worry about the nervousness while somebody who steps up onto the stage. And is okay with the fact that they're going to be nervous for a little bit. They know that their hands are going to be sweating. There's going to be sweat dripping off their fingertips. They're so nervous. They're okay. They're not going to touch the mic. They're not going to electrocute themselves. They're just going to have to stand there with drippy fingers. Because what happens is that is actually a clean thought. A dirty thought is a thought that is full of resistance. You were resisting that thought. You were resisting that emotion. You're resisting the nervousness of getting on stage. You're having dirty thoughts. You're having dirty pain. You're having clean thoughts. You're having clean pain when you are able to accept the fact that, yeah, (laughs) I get up on stage. I have a great time on stage, but man, for the first Five minutes, I'm stumbling and stammering and my fingers are sweating and I'm, I'm, I'm pouring sweat. My shirt gets drenched underneath it. I actually wear two t-shirts underneath it to kind of hide the sweat because, you know, there's 13 people looking at me. Dirty thoughts, dirty emotions. Are you resisting the emotion? That's all that actually means. But you can then make your thoughts about the problem as clean as possible. So when you start breaking the, the, problem down. Let's let's step back. All of a sudden you've got a problem. Say it's, we're still sticking with the the circumstance that the wife's car broke down and you start, you have the thoughts. I am going to have to pay for this. Well, you can change that thought. If you don't like that thought, you don't like that, what that thought, the emotion that thought brings up, then 
you can shift it to, well, I guess I'm going to be learning how to fix the car. And if you're okay with the the nervousness of, oh, I'm going to have to start working on a car. Am I able, going to be able to get this thing back together again? Because your brain's going to instantly start trying to kick up other thoughts about that. And you can, if you're able to break those thoughts down to hold what it, to hold what it means, you're going to be able to resolve the problem a lot better. Define the problem as positively as you possibly can in as simple terms as possible. So instead of going, oh, I'm going to have to start, I'm going to have to, the problem is, is I'm going to have to take the center console out, out of the car. I'm going to have to take the dash apart. I'm going to have to figure out which are all the wires are. No, 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 no. The problem is how do we get the gear selector to move? That's all we're wanting to do. We're just trying to get a gear selector to move is taking the center console out part of the step. Very possible, but that's not the problem. The problem that you're starting with is how do we get the gear shifter to move? It's all we have to figure out. How do we get the car out of park? If you squeeze on the little button and, and you go to move it and it doesn't, and, and it doesn't move, you're going to have to figure out why is it that you, that it's not going to move? Well, once you figure that one out, then you can take the next step and that becomes the next step is the next problem that you're going to face. You can break the problem down into as fine steps as you want and you make them as positive as you can. Now we get to actually resolving what the problem is after you have processed your thoughts and you have started having, starting to use a very clean emotion for the process. That's when you can actually take full responsibility for your part of the scenario, make a plan and then take action on the plan. And that's the easiest part. Once you've gotten gotten through all the thoughts, all that, what we've just been talking. So what I've been talking about for the past 30 minutes is the hard part of the problem. It's your thoughts about the problem that make it so so such an issue. As you see, the actual problem of resolving, the, resolving whatever our problem is, is change your thoughts, have thoughts that are better, Take responsibility for that thought. Make a plan on how you're going to resolve the, the, the scenario next time you're faced with it and then take action on that particular plan. Cause you see what the real problem is, is that we were resisting the opportunity to grow. If you do not break your thoughts down about the problem down to where it's an allowable problem, you allow more problems into your life and more thoughts, more troubling emotions, more negative emotions, more fear-based emotions. You allow those to come into your, into your, into your head. And then all of a sudden it's like you stomping around in a crystal clear pond. You start muddying up the process and yeah, your brain all of a sudden is trying to work 13 different problems at the same time. And it's not designed to do that. It works on one problem at a time. Next, next, next. So as you're saying, if you're going through it like a divorce, you're going to find, holy smokes, my wife's coming at me with this problem. She's wigging out about the problem. Well, that's because she's hasn't, she's stuck in her brain. She's at step number one. She's trying to get past step number one. And so she's going to turn to you to ease up the, the emotional distress that she's having. 
And a lot of times, hurt people hurt people. So she's going to try to make your life as miserable as possible because her life is miserable because of the actions she took. And you will be tempted to blame. You will want to blame other people for your discomfort and your emotional upset. This will actually cause more problems to come in and you will have more frustration because all of a sudden you've got not just 10 different emotions being dumped on you all at once. You've now got 20 emotions dumped on you all at once because you've let your brain and let your thoughts run with unintentional uh, ideas and thoughts. But if you can stop and you can start looking, is this problem really a problem or are we looking at it as an opportunity? What does this make possible? One of the most powerful questions you can actually ask yourself, man. What does this make possible? Which one is more troublesome? How am I, why am I always in this type of mess? Or what does this make possible? Which one has a better sound? Which one sounds more powerful? Which one gives you the desire to actually step up and be the man that your family is needing you to be? Many times we make mountains out of molehills. You've heard that phrase. Making something bigger than what it really is. And it's because we're not being intentional with our thoughts. We just let our mind run with however it wants instead of grabbing the reins and going, whoa, 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 whoa. Is this how I really want to feel? Is this how I really want to show up? Is this how I want to be present at the moment as this frantic, babbling idiot? Or do you want to actually have a solution? Utilize the model. Take that model, find out what your what the circumstance is, what your thoughts about that circumstance, what your feelings, what your actions, what your results are. When you keep working through those, you're going to find, holy smokes, man, this is nowhere near as troublesome as I wanted to think it is. And you being the steady man in the, in your divorce or in your, or your, in your life, people will turn to you for as a rock more times than the not. Because you're going to be changing who you're blaming the problem for. Well, I'm, I never learned how to fix a car. So now I'm having to cost, I'm costing myself some money. You can take the, take the blame for your part of the scenario. And it's recommended leaders take responsibility. They take relentless responsibility because it's really interesting when you see how many times a problem stops being a problem when we take on that responsibility. So how do you fix the problem? Change your thoughts. Get a good, clean pain going. Because, yeah, it's not really that comfortable having to face a problem. Whatever that circumstance is, whatever we're viewing as a problem, we're actually taking our, taking our thoughts and turning those thoughts into a, an uncomfortable emotion. But once you're able to change that emotion over to something where, yeah, it's not going to be fun, but I, I'm okay with it not being fun. We're going to get this thing taken care of. It's going to suck, but we're all right. Then you can make a plan and then take an action. That's it. <laughs> you can solve any problem by changing how you approach the thoughts about that problem. So, man, if you want help being able to get your mind out of the frantic world of problem solving. You're going through the divorce, going through the thick of divorce, and you want to find a way to maintain the, to kick the overwhelm out of the, out of your world. You can actually do that. 
And the way you do that is with a little bit of coaching. Go to relaxmail.com forward slash coaching or at the bottom of the show notes, you will see a button that says make a consult. And with that, you can actually become the better man that society wants you to be. You can become the man that your kids need you to be. You can even be the man that your ex-wife wants you to be. So guys, with that, I want to thank you very much for listening. You take care. Have a great one. We will see you next week. Till then, bye. Bye.